Welcome to Sports BKC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star and sponsored by Big O Tires. It's Wednesday, August 21st, and today we speak to Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Actually, star beat writer Brooke Pryor, columnist Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, and me, Blair Kirkhoff, sat down with Mahomes while training camp at Missouri Western was winding down. Mahomes' responses are part of the stories that currently appear on KansasCity.com and will be published in the Star's annual football section that will be part of this Sunday's editions. But we thought you'd enjoy the audio. You'll hear our questions and Mahomes' answers. So here's Patrick Mahomes chatting exclusively with the Star, starting with a look back to the way last season ended. Also, you'll hear Mahomes talk about self-scouting. Can we, can we start with a quick look back at last year? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm writing this story. Because of the way the season ended, mm-hmm. there's, um, it's, it's difficult to appreciate kind of what happened in the final game when mm-hmm. a lot of amazing things happened to the Chiefs in the final <coughs> game. I'm making a case that the most clutch field goal in team history was kicked in that game. Mm-hmm. Scored 24 points in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs have never scored that many points in the fourth quarter ever. Yeah. Is it is it is it a violation of competitiveness to not appreciate things like that? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I think the biggest thing is is just learning from that game, and I, I think as I, as time went on, I, I understood that more and more. When I first when we first lost the game, uh, like you said, as a competitor, you're just like, man, like we we should be playing in the Super Bowl. We should, and you, you're kind of using that as motivation to like go out there and keep working. But as I kind of got more into the depth of the off season and then into OTAs, I realized how much of a learning experience that was of we found a way to fight, found a way to get back in that game against a team that has been known to kind of close those games out pretty quickly. Uh, and uh, we found a way to be in it. Uh, even when after after we got the offsides, we found a way to get back in and kick the field goal and force the overtime. So definitely a lot of stuff that you can take that from good stuff there. Just just learning how to find a way to start better, I think is going to be the biggest thing and find a way to be better consistently throughout the whole game. Have you examined that, What why the start was what it was? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely came out and played us a different different uh, game plan than, than we expected. Uh, I mean, they had played us a whole different way the first time around. They played us with a lot of different zone coverages and, and doubling of uh, Kelsey and doubling of Tyree, kind of just switching it off. And then when you kind of get out to the the next time we played them, and they, they doubled Tyreek the entire game, and then they just played straight man press coverage. And we didn't expect that with all the different weapons that we had. Uh, no, no one had really tried to do that. And when they did, we usually executed. And uh, they found a way to get after us at the beginning. But you saw, I mean, with – that many weapons and that many guys. I mean, Sammy had a great game that game, and, and Kelsey made some big catches. I mean, it's hard to do that to us the entire game without guys making plays. Those cut-ups that mm-hmm. you get of the plays, and I think maybe most of them, maybe all of them, are, are sort of things that you could do better, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, you know, people say you can't be better than you were last year, but, like, is, was there a play, was there a throw, or just even a decision that you saw in those cut-ups that kind of sticks out, like, I'm not going to do that again? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's obviously always plays that you want to take, kind of take those throws back and do those sort of thing. I think the biggest thing for me is uh, there's sometimes where I, I break the pocket and I, I, got, I guess you call it like break predetermined, like I'm going to break the pocket no matter what. Versus times when I, I break the pocket and make a play because I have to. 
and, and just kind of going back and just taking what's there sometimes and not trying to make a huge play and knowing the situation is something that I've really tried to work on this camp. I remember there was one time this camp where I, I threw like a little out route to Kelsey for a first down on third and five instead of throwing trying to throw the go to uh, Meekle down the middle of the field, which I probably could have hit, and it might have been a touchdown, but it was third and five, and why not just take the first down and move the chains? And that's stuff I've tried to work on is when to take those chances and when to just move the chains and take the easy one because – uh, the good thing about having a lot of good good players is you, there's usually more than one guy open. Yeah. So there's times where you got to just take what's there, and times where you got to go for the go for the heart and go for the shot. Okay. Was was there one play that I can go back and watch? That, okay, this is what he's talking about when this sticks out. Uh, I, I don't know exactly one play. I, I always go back to the one in Seattle. Uh, I, I, there was a play where in like the first drive of the game where I scrambled out to the right and. There's probably a good chance. There was a defender there, but probably a good chance I could have ran for it. It was like a third and short, and I tried to throw it to D-Rob, and I underthrew him just a little bit, and they made a play and knocked it down. And I think we went three and out or something like that on the first drive, and I think that that play right there is one where probably seven out of ten times I make that throw, and it's a t- seventy-yard touchdown. But I, but probably nine out of ten, I probably could have just ran for the first down and got moved the chains and it, and it put the defense on the field early. They made a long drive and kind of got got ahead early on us. And I think just like little things like that. I mean, you. It, you just got to pick and choose when to take those shots and when to go and get the first down and keep the chains moving. We're going to talk about some of the influences of Patrick Mahomes dating all the way back to the fourth grade. You know, it's not just Andy Reid and, and Cliff Kingsbury, his his NFL and college coaches. There are people like Bobby Stroop, who was uh, or is Mahomes' personal trainer. There's a former youth league baseball coach and family friend, Chad Parker, and also high school football coach, Adam Cook. You'll hear Patrick talk about all of these and how they helped shaped his career. So I'm working on a story about your relationship with Andy Reid. I'm just curious, is it different, the relationship that you and Andy have, is it different than other relationships that you've had with head coaches or quarterback coaches? Yeah, it's, I think it's different just to the aspect of, of how much uh, Coach Reed's he's seen and how much he ha- how he's able to relate to everyone. I had a great relationship with Coach Kingsbury and and him kind of taking me and evolving me from really a baseball player into a, a football player into a quarterback and, and pushing me. But I think with just going to to Coach Reed and just kind of him just picking up right where, where Coach King left off and him just being able to keep pushing me and showing me different stuff that I'd never been exposed to and and keep pushed me every single day just to be better I think it was big and he I mean he relates to everyone so well he knows how to relate to every, all 90 people on the roster and the for, for me him just every day constantly asking me questions constantly seeing what what my mind was thinking and why I'm doing such things has definitely helped me out on um, just kind of transitioning into the NFL how long did it take you to feel comfortable with coach Reed? you know like when you first meet somebody you can kind of not be walking on eggshells around them but mm-hmm. just trying to figure out how you fit in how soon was it, and what was kind of that moment like when you realized, like, oh, we click? I think the, the the biggest thing that helped me was just that quarterback room I was in my first year with uh, Alex and with Bray and me, and it was Joel Stavi and then Nagy and Kafka and, and Coach Reed. It was just like that whole room, it was just open. Like anyone could talk, anyone could ask questions, and anyone could go out there and get feedback from each other. And I think that first year of – I, if I saw something and I said something to Alex, and Alex would, would listen, he would he would listen and try to see what I'm thinking, or he'd ask me, "Hey, what did you see right here?" Uh, and and stuff like that. I think that open communication in that quarterback room that first year definitely helped me get that comfortability to just speak my mind and be who I am. And, and that Coach Reed was going to help me in every single day. Andy said, or Brett Veach said that 
on Saturdays, you know, he'll be watching college football games, and he'll be watching college football games, and they're texting back and forth. Like, mm -hmm. did you see that play? You know, they stole that from me, or could we learn <coughs> that thing? Are you having those same kind of conversations with Andy on, on Saturdays or, or any time that you're watching film? Or? Yeah, we, I mean, we see it, I mean, throughout the whole NFL and, and all of college football. I mean, first, I mean, first you see people that are kind of like, uh, I don't know how you say it, like kind of just taking some of the plays and adding their, adding their stuff to it. And so you get to look at that different stuff. And then you look around the league and you see the guys that are, are making these uh, these plays up and you try to figure out how they fit into your offense. And then you also try to add add on to that. I think that's the biggest thing is we, we try to take plays from people, but we try to add them to, to make it better in our offense and the ways that we do it. And so I, I think that's a, a big thing that we've done that has helped our offense keep going and keep improving each and every week and each and every season is we're not going to just take the play and just – put it in exactly how they're running. We're going to make sure it fits our offense and the way we can exploit defenses even better with it. Chad Henney said that you're really good at coming up with compliments to RPOs. Mm -hmm. What is it about that that, that you just feel like you, you're good at coming up with? I think stuff? it definitely goes back to my Texas Tech days uh, with, with Coach Kingsbury. Even in my high school days, uh, I was always good at kind of realizing what the defense's rules are and trying to figure out ways to, to exploit them. And, and it's not necessarily about the routes or about the, the design of the play. It's about just finding the the green grass, as I say it, and finding mm -hmm. the open area and getting the ball out to them. And so as I've kind of evolved and now I've got a better understanding of what the concepts actually are compared to where I was at in high school, it's helped me where just I'm changed, I can kind of talk and help change the routes maybe off our RPOs to make sure that we get in those right areas where the defenses are voiding whenever they're going for the run fakes. Mm -hmm. And Chad also mentioned that on Fridays you meet with Andy and go over the game plan. What are those meetings like? And is that something that you did with – coaches in high school and in college or just just a different level? Yeah, I think it's a different level for sure. I mean, with Coach Kingsbury and with my coach Cook uh, in high school, uh, we definitely talked throughout the week and, and figure out what we wanted to do. But with Coach Reed, I think this last year of just going in there and we meet for an hour to hour and a half and just kind of go over the whole game plan and what we're thinking the defense is going to do and why we want to call these plays versus these plays earlier in the downs or later. And I think that that has been huge for me because – I know what he's going to call before he even calls it. So I, I, we're getting the play, and I see something on defense, and we're, we're on such the same page that I, I don't have to say anything. I know he, what play I want, it, want to be called, and he calls that play almost every single time. Are you guys meeting in his office, or do you have any other traditions, like you bring a coffee or no, or like no, we meet in his office. Uh, I, I don't bring him any snatch stuff like that, but uh, it, it's uh, it, we meet in the office, and there's sometimes there's games on college football games. We might look at it during it, kind of like just kind of talk about stuff like that. But for the for the for the most part, I mean, it's just really just meeting in the office and kind of going over what what what, what we need to go over in order to have success on uh, Sundays. Is that in mornings or afternoons that you guys? Meet? It's in it's in the afternoons, so it's it's anywhere from it's that Friday, so you have a shorter day. But I kind of. I go to like get my body taken care of, massages and stuff like that, and then he has his meetings with the coaches. So I probably around three, three to five o'clock somewhere in that area, just depending on each week. When I talked to, to Brett, he said, um, you know, Andy writes the plays down on on note cards yeah. all the time, and, and Andy's talked about the stack of pat plays. Does he? Will he literally give you a stack of plays? And can you do you go through him like, yep, this one, nope, this one? I mean, no. It, it, so he has the plays on the note cards, and, and it, it's it's funny. We'll be in the middle of quarterback meetings, just like going through Kafka, going through. Different stuff that we're going through. And he'll just walk in with like two note cards, and he'll walk in. And he's like, and he'll show us these two plays that he's been working on, and they're all obviously always plays that work. Even if you don't think they're going to work, they work anyways. And then, and then he'll just say, "Hey, I can't give you too much yet. I can't give you. Don't want you to get too excited." And so it's 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 totally random, but it's just like he's just feeling it. Sometimes he just walks in, and he'll he'll draw up the play for you. Patrick, I, I went to uh, see Coach Cook this summer. Mm -hmm. I was on my way to 
Louisiana to see Johnny Robinson. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and Coach Cook put me in touch with a couple people from your from your line, mm -hmm. including Bobby Stroop yep. and uh, Chad Parker, mm -hmm. who's got quite a personality. Yeah, he does. And uh, <laughs> as does Bobby. Um, and I just wondered if you, if you could uh, reflect a little bit on on uh, Bobby's role, particularly first in, in your life, and how that's. Uh, Contributed maybe to your problem-solving ability. That was one of the things Bobby talked about. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing with with Bobby and why I still go to him to this day is that it, it's he puts me in positions that I'm going to be in throughout the game, and he he actually watches the tape and sees exactly how I play the game. So it's not just this training that's that's for everyone. It's training specifically for me, and he, and he likes to put me in positions that he knows that I don't like and that I have to figure out ways to get out of. And so when uh, he he does that, I mean I don't like him at the time, but I, I get better at him. And so he, he's he's on he stays on me. I think that's another big thing. He, he knows what I can do and what I can't do. So it's not like he's going to try to baby me and just so I'll come back. He knows that he can push me to the uh, the limits that I, that I need to be pushed to and and I think just having him as someone that, uh, that knows my personality knows how I play the game and what needs to make me the the, the best that I can be is someone that I, I'll always go back to to help me out does that go back to fourth grade? Yeah, it goes like to fourth grade. So yeah, I started off there in fourth grade, and he was actually in like a, like kind of just like a warehouse with a sliding door. And then as it's kind of weird, as I've grown, he's he's grown his own business in the same way. And then I went to college, and and he he opened up the new APEC, and then about the time I got to the NFL, he had opened up one in Dallas as well. So I mean, he, that that business has grown. I mean, he's a he's a guy that has that 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 mindset, that mentality that he wants to keep getting better, and he's never satisfied with his his ways. He keeps trying to get better each and every year. He said the key to your um, your uh, work ethic is that you are the world's champion sleeper. Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, I like to sleep for sure. But no, he. he uh, I mean, like, no one liked you. He says. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I got you. No, uh, he he. It, it is. It was crazy. I mean, just because. Uh, I mean, everybody looked at me in baseball, so no one really looked at me in football. Even though I thought, I, I mean, I was a taller quarterback, big quarterback, and I had a good arm, and I still didn't get a. Any offers or really anything like that, and so I just knew I wanted to go out there and and just play, and I wanted to figure out a way to get on the field. And I got in the field early at Texas Tech, and I knew that I wasn't going to give it back up. So it, it kind of worked out well. I, I didn't phrase that right because I meant literally sleeping. Oh, you meant literally said, sleeping? Yeah, he says you, you sleep like nobody else on earth. Uh, yeah, so, to some degree. I just stay up late, and I have to wake up early nowadays. But I, I, I stay up late. I'm not good at sleeping at night, so I have to have to figure out a way to sleep at night during the season so I can I can wake up at, at those early calls. One of the biggest decisions any pro athlete makes is who to hire as an agent. Patrick Mahomes tells us how he settled on Lee Steinberg, perhaps the most well-known agent in the history of the profession, and Chris Cabot, who's the president of Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. And then we wrap up by asking Mahomes about how his celebrity has changed his life. We'll get to that after this break. Why buy tires now? That's easy, because you'll save big right now at Big O Tires. Save $100 on a set of Big O brand tires with paid installation, but only for a limited time. And when you purchase using your Big O credit card, save an additional $50 for a total savings of $150. We told you this was big. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry. Offer ends August 25th. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. 
And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. I want to ask you about uh, so like the, the first major decision that you make as a pro. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest decisions you're making in your career is, is, is who to represent you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what does, I know Chris has talked about like how much he believes in you. Yeah. What, what was it when you met with him and his group that, that, that attracted you? Yeah. Um, like you said, it's it's definitely a huge process. It's like it's like choosing a school whenever you're going. You're going to college. Uh, I I'm, I made sure to meet with five different groups, five different groups of agencies, uh, from big from really big ones to, to to very small ones. And I think the biggest thing that from Chris and from Lee and that whole group group of people uh, and their and their team was that it felt like it was a family and they actually cared about uh, who I was as a person. And I think that was the, the biggest thing. Is I mean, all the, everyone's good. Everyone has their different things that they're great at. Uh, but with Chris and them. I felt like they genuinely were going to do whatever it took for me to have the best opportunities that I had, and that was definitely the biggest thing that the reason I took I picked them. So like agents, that's what they do, right? They want you to feel like that. How, yeah. how did they convince you? Yeah, I think just the way they approached it. I mean, they 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 knew I was meeting with other people. They were one of the the, of the first people I met with, and they just they just told me that they were they were made me a top priority. Uh, they were going to go out there, and they believed that I could be a, a a top ten draft pick, and and they and they believed that that they could help me elevate my uh, uh, off the field stuff to the best possible uh, way, and so I think that was the biggest thing. And them just connecting with my family, I think was was huge. And them kind of having that same vision that I had, and I felt like we were on the same uh, page on how I thought the, the process should go. Just one last thing on that: I, I read Lee's book mm-hmm. about like how he has recruited people in the mm-hmm. past, and he, he asked everybody to rank priorities, mm-hmm. right? Like football, money, like all these mm. different things. Do you remember that? And then what was your top one, two, three? Do you remember Yeah, that? I don't know if I remember exactly what I put uh, for all that different stuff. But, I mean, for me, the biggest thing for me is is the, the, the sport of football, uh, taking care of my family, and, and just going out there and loving everything that I do. I don't want to ever lose that love for the game. Yeah. I mean, the, the money's awesome. The money's cool for sure. I mean, you, you dream about making money uh, and, and stuff like that. But I, I I always say, I mean, football is what I loved first, and someone said that to me. Someone said something about that, about uh, about some something about like if, if it wasn't for the money uh, or something like that. And I was like, it, to me, even if I had all the money in the world, I still want to play this game until I can't. One other thing, just is he told me about you going to see uh, the Mavericks and and Dirk, yep. spending time with Dirk and doing the the, the sort of the shoot off. Yeah, and you just describe that a little bit, and also though the, the point of his story was talking about uh, a, a Chiefs fan approaching you. And I don't know if you remember that, but the guy, he was working for the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he had had a lot of loss in his life. Yeah, it was. It was uh, so. I, I went to the, uh, the Mavs practice, and I got to see them practice. First of all, it's, it's amazing to see those guys. I think we watched Dirt shoot before, like the little three-point thing, and he had 25 shots and made 23 of them uh, from three. And so and uh, so I get to talk to them and, and see those guys work. It's always cool. And then he, I, I started talking a little trash, and so he, he made me go out there. And I made the first three, and I was like, I'm about to go off, and I ended up making like seven total. I was like, I was uh, – but I, I felt good for a little bit shooting the three. And then uh, – 
but no, yeah, we, we, we went around and then I ended up going into the equipment room and uh, there was a guy in the back who he, he wouldn't even come up and talk to me at first. And then I kind of went over there and started talking to him and he was a Chiefs fan. He actually had lost his his dad and his and his, his cousin who was like his best friend that year and he, and he was talking about how this that this last season had really kept his spirits alive so i mean that, that it's amazing when you see that first off the chiefs kingdom because it's it's everywhere and I'm, I'm not joking literally i've been all around the country this last year and it is everywhere and and then uh uh just to see that what the game of football and just the the spirit that we can kind of put in people's lives is also is awesome to see as well i, I just wanted to ask you Life has changed profoundly in a year, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering in what ways is that visible? Or have you lost, you know, some? Can you go out in public anymore? Has that changed? Uh, it, it's just, I, I love to still do it. I love to still do it. I love to go out and, and and be a part of the community and be a part of all the different sporting things that Kansas City uh, provides. Uh, I just have to plan it a little bit better. I think that's the biggest thing. I call ahead. Uh, I go to dinner or when I go to go out to a game. I call ahead, kind of figure out ways to get in and out. Uh, still able to see people and do all those different things, but I uh, don't want to make it. I like sometimes when I go to when I go to baseball games, I don't want to make it about me. I want to make it about just being getting the fan experience and be a part of the community and be like everyone else. And it wasn't that way a year ago, was it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was still a little bit of a point where people would notice me and stuff like that. But nowadays, it's kind of it's gotten a little bit crazier where people are, are making a line of autographs or a line of pictures and and I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with it. But like I said, like when I uh, I remember I went to my dad's T-Bones game. I, I kind of like it to be about the people that it's, it's supposed to be about, not about me uh, as much as possible. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you haven't read them, please go to the links in the show notes or KansasCity.com, Facebook.com slash Red Zone Extra, or the Red Zone Extra app to access the stories where these thoughts appeared. Thanks to producers Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for putting together this episode, and thanks to our sponsor, Big O Tires. We'll be back on Thursday with another edition of Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City.